you are grown up with a very short attention span. We do have these uh, papers that you can fill out at Sermon Notes for Kids. Logan has put these together for us and given us an opportunity to stay engaged in what we're talking about. So uh, if that's something that would be helpful for you, we do have those. Also, you should have one of these cards on your seat or on a seat next to you. And this should be for everyone. So if you did not get one of these cards, Patrick was in here. He's right there. Patrick will help you out. So we want everybody to have one of these cards, uh, and you'll... We'll talk about that here in a few minutes. So, Also, if you need a pen, we've got a box of pens at the back, and Patrick will bring you one of those, too. So if you need anything this morning, if you get a little thirsty, get a little hungry, get a little sleepy, Patrick's back there. He'll help you. So there you go. Customer service at church. So, About five years ago, uh, I was youth minister in Texas at the time. About five years ago, a game came out that was sweeping through my youth group. They loved it. And so I would play with them. I would play this game. And it was on the iPhone. It was called Logo Quiz. Right? So you know what Logo Quiz is? So I want to play an updated version of that this morning, just for a moment. So just humor me for a second. I promise I'm going somewhere. So, and if not, then, you know, at least you got to play a game this morning. That's fun. So let's go to the first logo. What is this? Toyota. So when I think of Toyota, I think of quality cars, and I think of fuel efficiency. I think those cars don't get off the road. They pretty much stay there. Toyota. Pepsi. Good. So you know what this is. When I see Pepsi, especially at a restaurant, I know it's time to go to another restaurant. (laughs) See, so a few of you understand. Is Pepsi okay might be the most disappointing question in America. That might be a little bit of hyperbole, but not much. (laughs) It's pretty debilitating. All right, the next one. When you see this, what do you see? Yeah. I knew this one would cause some tension in the room because there's not agreement across the board. Some of you see this, and you know it means yield. And yield means slow down. Micah gets on to me all the time about not slowing down. Some people see this, and they think, Hit the gas. (laughs) So, I know. I I get it. So, slow down. When you see these, what are these? Emojis. Good. If you're in uh, Backyard Bible Club, you better know what this is because this has been the curriculum for a few weeks. When I see this, I see the death of the English language. (laughs) So, no longer can we use words and even shortened words. We use these symbols. Not all symbols are necessarily um, unchristian. Some of these are religious symbols. So what's this? Yeah, ichthus. It's the ichthus fish. And what this means, it was an acronym that early Christians would use. And so it was Jesus Christ, God's Son, Savior. That was the acronym, of course, in Greek. So ichthus spells fish. So when you saw that, you knew it was somebody who confesses that Jesus Christ is God's Son and our Savior. Cool, right? What about this one? Trinity. Okay. So this group knows what it is. Good. I did preach a sermon series on this this summer. So, man. No, this is the Trinity. And the reason I like the Trinity symbol so much, it doesn't have a beginning. It doesn't have an end. It is God in three and God in one. And it holds those, that tension in our minds together. It's beautiful. Next symbol. Yeah, we got one of those. So 
We think of the cross, we think of salvation. We think of forgiveness, we think of love, we think of mercy. The symbol has a lot of meaning. What about this symbol? When we think of Woodbury, when we see this symbol, I want us to think of two words. I want us to think develop disciples, which is what we've been talking about for seven weeks now. This is week number seven. We are all about developing disciples. When we talk about discipleship, discipleship is not a program. There's not a certain number of steps that you take in order to accomplish discipleship. There's not a certain number of seminars that we can go to. There's not this this accurate way of just outlining the parameters of it just perfectly. Discipleship's not a program. Discipleship is not a project. There's not a begin date or an end date. There's not some way to complete discipleship as if I have become the perfect disciple. That it's not something that we can just get to the end of and feel very confident about. Discipleship is an all-encompassing way of life. And that is extremely important for us. This is not something that belongs over in this part of my life or something that belongs over in this part of my life. Discipleship is our way of life. Patrick shared with us in the very first sermon the way that we've defined discipleship from the beginning is discipleship is obsessively following Jesus for the purpose of intentionally becoming like Jesus. And we do this when we are at home. We do this when we are at work. We do this on Sunday morning when we come to church. And we do this after we leave church. Discipleship is obsessively following Jesus for the purpose of intentionally becoming like Jesus. I was talking to Lindsay about this this week, trying to think of how do we talk about this, and and we came up with this analogy. Discipleship is a little like marriage. It is. And baptism is a little bit like a wedding. You're married when you are with your spouse and when you are not. You are married at the wedding and when you leave the wedding. Lindsay married me when I was 20 years old. We were young. I know, I know. Isn't it great? I didn't tell her that I was putting that picture up here, and I don't see her in here, so, yeah, that's, that's okay. It's probably for the best. She married me when I was 20 years old because she knew she needed to lock this up, that she needed to take me <laughs> off the market. That's at least what I've been telling myself for the last... 10 or 11 years. So early on in our marriage, Lindsay joined the college basketball team at the university we were going to. We were part of a small university. She was a talented athlete, so she joined the basketball team. And uh, I made it to two of her games. Yay, Jordan, I know. I know a lot of you are thinking very poorly of me. I do too. It wasn't that I was working so much on these jobs that I had that I couldn't make it. I wasn't volunteering at the soup kitchen or at the church or any of those type of things. I wasn't spending all of my time just doing homework or those type of things. I was spending time with my friends early on. And eventually there came a day where we had one of those conversations that has a question like this. 
are you married to me or are you married to them? I know some of you may have not had that conversation, and bless you if that's the case, but we had that conversation. And I made the right choice. I did. For a lot of my past, I was taught by well-meaning people that we just need to get as many people to follow Christ into the water as possible. Like, that is the only step. That is the only thing. And please do not hear me saying that we should not be baptizing people. That is the first marker of discipleship. We stand firmly behind it. But, like with marriage, discipleship is not all about the wedding. It's not all about the baptism. It's about waking up every single day after the wedding and deciding to whom we belong. And that is what we want to be about as a church. If you've got a Bible, turn with me over to Luke. We're going to spend time in the Gospel of Luke this morning. Luke chapter 5. Jesus does something very simple. He doesn't blow people away with this. He doesn't ask a lot of deep questions. He simply offers an invitation. Jesus went up to Levi and he said to him, Follow me. I believe with everything in me that Jesus is offering us that same invitation now. Jesus is asking us to follow him. He is saying to Jerry, follow me. He is saying to Jordan, follow me. He's saying to Brandon, follow me. And all of us have the opportunity to do so. But that's not where Jesus ends the conversation about discipleship. That's simply the beginning. Jesus has some very difficult things to say about what it is to be a disciple, and I want us to look at those for just a few minutes. So in Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus says, If any want to become my followers, my disciples, they must deny themselves and take up their cross daily. And follow me. When I was in school, I got really into the, the biblical languages. That was something that really intrigued me and really kind of moved me in some, some spiritual ways. I, I thought it was really interesting diving into those. And in this passage in particular, when we read this, we think they must deny themselves. We think plural. That's what Jesus is doing. But the way that this phrase is actually rendered in Greek is all singular nouns, not plural. It's as if he is looking us in the eye and saying to each one of us, if Jordan wants to be my disciple, Jordan must deny himself and take up his cross every day and follow me. It's not all of us collectively, it's each of us individually in this passage. Jesus has chosen us to be his disciples, and the offer, the invitation is not generic. It's not if anybody wants to do this, it's if you want to do this. It's if I want to do this. It's specific to you and me, and he is asking you by name, will you be my disciple? But Jesus is not going to sugarcoat what that costs. So in Luke chapter 14, 
get to this very challenging passage, Luke chapter 14, starting in verse 26. Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, this, fil- this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to wage war against another king will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one against him with 20,000? If he cannot, then while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So, therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. Jesus is letting us know that the cost of committing to be his disciple is extremely high. We have to be all in. And there is no middle ground. You cannot kind of be a disciple of Jesus. Either you're a disciple of Jesus or you're not. Lives of ease and luxury and selfishness do not belong for disciples. And as I was thinking about this, particularly that last verse, it made me question, how many times have I put my stuff, just my possessions, ahead of following Jesus? I was driving into St. Paul a few weeks ago. I was going, I don't even remember what I was going for, but I had to pull over to get gas. And so whatever street I was on, uh, I think it was Lexington or Dale, one of those, I was pulling off 94 to go get gas. And as I was pulling off, I had to drive by this guy who was holding a sign saying, I just want some food. Homeless man needed gas, or needed food. I needed gas. How many times have I put my car above someone being fed? That hurts. <laughs> that hurts to think through. Is my car more important than that person? Not to, well, to shine some light on my wife. She did something great this year. So Lindsay and I, we've been married 10 years, as I showed you a minute ago. Uh, and we were planning a 10th anniversary trip this year. We were going to fly down to Washington, D.C. We were going to take a bus, or not a bus, a train up to New York City. And then we were going to go from New York City over to Toronto. And it was going to be this really cool, uh, really fun trip. And Lindsay was in the hospital one night. uh, And she called me like she often does and asked if she could bring a kid home. And, of course, we go through the process. No, that's still illegal. We still can't do that. But... She got to the place where it was so important to her that a child be brought into our homes for safety, for the child's well-being, that we gave up that trip because she talked me out of it. And for the first time, I was able to answer this question, is my vacation more important than that child? I don't always do that. 
I don't always answer right. One request I received um, recently was that a person wanted to meet with me. You know, they, they do that from time to time. People enjoy talking to me from time to time. I know, it's few people, not many. Some people like talking to me. So we set up a later time where this person could meet because they couldn't meet during my office time. But then something came up and that got canceled. Something came up, the next meeting got canceled. And over time, it just never happened. And the day that I canceled the first request, it wasn't that I couldn't spend time with the person, it's that I valued my alone time, that I was going to go home and have some quiet time. Is my alone time more important than being with someone when they are hurting? These are tough questions, but that's exactly what Jesus is posing to us. He is not asking us the easy question. He is saying, what are you willing to give? Disciples must be totally devoted to following Jesus because the cost of discipleship is everything. We must be disciples when it is hard. Not just when it's easy. We must be disciples when it is inconvenient. Not just when it is convenient. We must be disciples when it costs us something instead of costs us nothing. We must be disciples when it is unpopular instead of popular. And we must be disciples when it is not what we want to do, but because we are convicted it is the right thing to do. We have to be willing to give up everything to follow Jesus. So here's what I want to do. I want to open up my heart to you. I'm just laying it out here for you. I am so hungry for a deeper purpose in life than just making myself happy. That's easy. But I want something more. I am ready to see the world around me change because I follow Jesus. And I don't just follow Jesus in my mind. I really want to follow Jesus. I long for development as a disciple of Jesus Christ. I want to be developed as a disciple of Jesus. I know some of you feel that way as well. I know some of you are tired of showing up week after week and staying the same year after year and day after day. I know some of us are tired of just learning all the time and not changing as a result. Tired of following some caricature of Jesus instead of the Jesus who called us, who called me to pick up my cross and follow him to the cross. If you are feeling what I'm feeling, if you're longing for what I'm longing for, if you are desiring real change and not just superficial growth in your lives, that is where developed disciples came from. And it is meant for you. You may have questions and you may not be convinced yet. And that is okay as well. We would never ask you to commit to something you don't believe in. But we believe in this. I am so convinced that my desire is to be a part of a church that is developing disciples of Jesus Christ. And our church has done that in some ways in the past, but we want to just build on that.
I want to be in development as I develop others. I want to be moving people toward following Christ into the water. I want to be connecting with other disciples and connecting those disciples with other disciples and so on and so forth. I want to be engaged in ministry, not just receiving ministry, because like Jesus, I'm here to serve, not to be served. I want to grow in my ability to do that. I want to share my faith and my life with the people around me in such a way that they see Jesus in me because he is the one I am following. And I want to be transformed each and every day to be more like Jesus because that is who I follow. And I want for us all, when we see that Woodbury logo, to immediately think, develop disciples. This is what we do. In Luke chapter 6, this passage that I skimmed past a thousand times, Jesus says this, a disciple is not above the teacher. And I don't think any of us are trying to become better than Jesus, so that part's fine. But a disciple is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully qualified will be like the teacher. The goal of my life, and I think the goal of most of your lives, is to be like Jesus. So, it is in light of that that we are inviting you to do something about it. We are inviting you to do what I've done on this next slide. I commit to being a disciple in the Woodbury Church of Christ. I commit to following Jesus in these ways. We have given you these cards. These are for everyone, individually, These are for you if you are 10 years old or you are 90 years old. These are for you if you are married or single, if you are brand new, if you have been here forever, wherever you find yourself, we are asking you to fill this out, to commit to being a disciple of Jesus. But we also recognize that just filling out a card does not do anything. So let me tell you what we're going to do if you fill out this card. Fill it out and give it to us. One of our shepherds is going to get in touch with you in the next couple weeks. You may not know this, but with as many people as worship here in this church, the shepherds have created lists of all the people in this church. They call them affinity lists for our church to reach out to periodically and check in and shepherd. On any given week, we'll hear about Leon being in the hospital with someone We'll hear about Paul having lunch with someone, about Rick having a long phone call with someone, about how Dale has reached out to a shut-in, about Dave running into someone at the store and having a good conversation, about Travis fixing someone's furnace, (laughs) which happens quite a bit, and Greg finding someone to pray with. We will hear about all those things because our church, our shepherds, are committed to reaching out. You are always welcome to reach out to any of our shepherds, always, but they make sure that someone reaches out to you as well. And sometimes it's in really serious ways, sometimes it's in really subtle ways. If you commit to being a disciple here, the shepherd who has you on his list will call you, and here's what they're going to say. We've got a script, even. Have you followed Jesus into the water? We're going to ask you that. Because if you commit to being a disciple in this church, that is still important to us.
How are you connecting with other disciples? How are you engaged in service? Are you sharing your faith and your life with someone? And is there something about you that is being transformed? These five markers of discipleship are the five markers that we are going to stand by for a long time. And so we'll ask you those questions, not to control you or to coerce you, but so that they can be a resource for you as you seek to follow Jesus and be developed as a disciple. So that is what we will do with you. Church, we've been praying about this for a long time. Back in 2016, back when uh, Pat Jones and her son Steve were baptized, we started asking the question, what does it mean to be a disciple in this church? What does it mean for us to take the necessary steps forward to move people from just stepping foot in here to being a significant part? We've searched the scriptures. We've sought counsel from countless people. We've made dozens of drafts. We've asked questions. We've prayed some more. We've asked more questions. We've sought more input. We've went back to scripture. And this is what we've come away with, that our mission as a church is to develop disciples of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to do. We can all be moving in the same direction, and that direction is Jesus Will you be a part of it? Asking you a very simple thing this morning, fill out this card. Just let us know that you are committed to being a disciple here. We'll get in touch with you as soon as we can. Invite you to pray with me, and then we'll be dismissed. God, we seek to follow Jesus. We are eager to submit to him as our teacher, as our savior, and as our Lord. God, help us to live our lives as he has taught us. Help us to throw off the things that are holding us back and give you all of ourselves. God, help us to be all in as disciples of Jesus. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.